Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. guys, it's Kayla. I am so happy you're able to join us today because we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. Let's see, have you decided who you are and who you're answering to? Because today we're going to talk about radical authenticity, even at the threat of not belonging. And we are joined by Mo Ari, who is one of the leading mental health experts in gender identity. Over the past decade, he has worked as a licensed marriage and family therapist with LGBTQ plus individuals, couples and families. And he is here to share with us his extremely personal experience of transitioning. Without further ado, here is my lovely conversation with Mo Ari. You guys, I am here with Mo Ari. And Mo, before we start, I just first want to thank you so much for coming in and discussing so openly with me some things that are so personal. I think a huge part of the gender discussion is about body and extremely personal experiences. So thank you in advance for trusting me and going there with me. I really appreciate it. We are so excited to have you on. So if you feel comfortable, can we begin with you sharing your transition story? 
Absolutely. Well, first, thank you so much for having me here. And thanks for holding this space. That'll be our sacred container for today. I'm just really grateful. Whenever I talk about this story, it's so hard to think uh, backward, just to be quite honest. It's like I am here at a place now. I'm here because I'm Hinge's love and connection expert. And I've gone on this like really beautiful journey as a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so when I think about that young, very young, early 20-year-old person that was figuring this out, it does sometimes feel worlds away. But it's Mm -hmm. a really great invitation to really reflect and go back to that space. I'll say that... uh, I had to take a breath. (laughs) This story began late into my college experience. I had uh, finally gone to therapy for the first time. I say finally because I don't think I met therapists prior to college. I think college was my introduction to what a therapist did. And I had plenty of experiences where I should have been in therapy way sooner. So (laughs) I finally went to therapy in college and I was beginning to get some more self-awareness tools as one does when you go to therapy. I realized Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a therapist at this time. And so that was around the time, the end of college, where I was like applying to grad school programs, finishing out my uh, time at Northwestern. I was feeling like I'd done all the things that my parents had asked me to do. They'd asked me to be successful, finish college, stay out of trouble. I'm from the south side of Chicago. My brothers were jumped on the way home from school. Uh, That was like a regular occurrence in my neighborhood. So going to Northwestern was like a a big deal. I was going to say, not only did you go to college, you went to Northwestern. Like, I mean, I think (laughs) you checked all those boxes and then something for your parents. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it felt like, you know. And I remember looking out into the audience at graduation. I got to be the student commencement speaker And I could see my parents. They were all the way in the balcony, but I could still, I found them like that kid looking for validation out in the crowd when, you know, you're really young at your performances or whatever you want your parents to show up to. And I found them, they were crying. And I remember feeling like I have their pride. I, I have their understanding. And there was still this part of me that felt incomplete. So that was a moment where... I realized there's something else here that I have not done. And it wasn't until beginning that grad program at Northwestern and starting to really get deep into the marriage and family therapy coursework that I realized I had... I had some work to do, some more work to do around traumas I'd experienced growing up. And by the time I'd gone to some more therapy for myself, I realized that there were so many parts of myself that kind of got lost in this experience of trying to make it out of the South Side of Chicago. Mm. And some of those memories that began to emerge were around gender. I'd from very early been telling my parents, like, I don't want to, I don't want to wear girls clothes. I want to wear boys clothes. But I was actually born an identical twin. And so that was not on the table for so many reasons. We needed to dress alike. That was the whole thing. 
And I had uh, so many experiences through puberty expressing to my parents, like, I don't want to grow breasts and really being in tears, like mortified by the thought of that. And I think my parents at the time were very focused on safety. Uh, So they were not, it wasn't that they weren't interested. I think that they were not equipped to even have that conversation with me. They were really like, I hope it gets better. I think it's going to get better. This is like, Mm -hmm. they were hoping it was teenage angst and it was not. So all of these memories start to come back to me. And I realized that there was way more to gender than I understood. I still didn't have language because I'd never met a transgender person before. I was just starting to uncover these these ideas. And I was understanding myself as queer at the time. So LGBTQIA+. And I started to look on Instagram for community. I was like on social media, like, let me find every person who identifies as queer and see what their story is like, their journey. And I finally saw my first transgender masculine person. And when I started to read his story of gender transition, I think he was talking about top surgery and he was showing some before and after pictures after being on testosterone for like five years. I was like, this is me. And that feeling that I felt on stage at my undergrad graduation where I was still feeling incomplete, but I had my parents' pride, that feeling of feeling incomplete went away. It was like this resonance took its place. I could not unsee, unhear, ununderstand that this person's story was my own story. And that set me on the course for being like, we're transgender. We have to accept Mm -hmm. this first. We'll go about doing what we need to do to help other people to understand this. But I'll say that that process set me on my way to where I am today. Wow. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we're back. You know, you talk about this difficult but beautiful conversation with your parents about when you ha- when you decide to tell them and how I mean your mother being a reverend and a registered nurse that could not have been an easy feat but there's a moment where your mom asks you what if hormone therapy causes you to grow facial hair and you lit up like she had yeah. never seen before and it was in that moment that she knew that this was the right decision can you take us through this a little bit and just talk to us about you know the moment before you approach your parents about it and what that takes and the courage that takes and the love and the open space that was created within that. Yeah, beautiful. You captured that so well. That's certainly the story. And I think the background to that is that I'd been, I'd already changed my name legally. I'd already gone through the process of of applying with my insurance to get my top surgery covered. So I was, I had gone to group therapy for gender transition for a while. So I was very far along in the process of understanding myself. And that was intentional. I, my parents had done a great job of helping me to navigate my life up until that point and telling me who I needed to be to make it from the place that I was. And I knew that at this point in my journey, I needed to claim and name myself for myself. So I was like, okay, they can't be that involved in this part of the process. Not in, I didn't want to shut them out, but I knew that my need for validation would override this desire that I was having for authenticity. So I was like, I I kind of kept that from them until I was about two weeks out from top surgery. And Mm. we get to two weeks out after a long battle with insurance. Thankfully, it got approved. I can't even imagine what that battle is like. How long did that take to get approved? It took about a year and a half, I would say, of like appeal after appeal. My doctor ends up stepping in and is my greatest ally. He spoke to a medical provider at the insurance company and helps me to get approved. So this this is a another part of why I end up not telling them until the last minute. And so I wrote them a letter actually to prompt them that we're going to have this conversation. I, I always encourage my clients to write that letter first because they wow. can go and do some research before we sit down and talk. 
I didn't really have to deal with their initial reactions, which I think ended up being better for me. Once we got to the conversation, they knew I was transgender, but I still said it out loud because I wanted to say it (laughs) to them directly. So I say like, I am transgender. And I was, of course, nervous. I think I expected them to respond negatively. I had just mm-hmm. been expecting that. I I had heard all the things about how people respond to transgender people. I'd already been through some very tense or uncomfortable experiences related to transition. And nothing in my story prepared me to expect positive things to happen. So this moment that you talk about where my mom is like, seeing me fully and seeing the joy on my face, it still brings like tears to my eyes to think about the idea that I didn't expect joy in that moment. I had been so conditioned and wired to think that my authenticity was going to separate me from people, that in this moment, my authenticity ends up being the thing that allowed her to love me even better. It was a really, really impactful moment. I still feel the feelings I felt that day. How beautiful. And I know you really speak to becoming your true, authentic self. And I think this, I don't know, but maybe was just the very beginning of what inspires you to now share your story and talk to people. You know, I I think it's important that those listening know that 1.6 million people identify as transgender in the United States alone. I don't think many people are aware of how significant the number is and how many people have had or will have similar stories. For anyone listening who may have a loved one transitioning, what advice can you share so that they can help their loved one's experience be as joyful as yours ended up being? Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that statistic because I do think it's so important. A lot of the people that reach out to me at this point in my therapy practice are people wanting to support other people. So I think it's a really beautiful question. I think, well, first, I always start by saying that we all experience this innate desire to be our authentic selves in relationships. I believe that the human pursuit really kind of culminates into these three pursuits. And that's a pursuit of love, pursuit of authenticity, and a pursuit of belonging. I think we're taught from very early that if we pursue one, then we have to forsake the others. And it's not true. Well, I'll say when we step outside of those boundaries for the group, like how we're supposed to wear our hair, who we're supposed to bring home, who we're supposed to love, when we step outside of that, we get information back from the group. And a lot of times that information is like, if you step outside of that boundary again, there's a consequence, right? It's like very clear. There's a reaction. Somebody says something. We have a feeling of rejection. And so we learn to kind of dial back this innate pursuit of love, authenticity, belonging at the same time. We usually have to pick one. And so mm-hmm. you're pretty right that my journey began there in wanting to talk about how we can have all three And I think as family members, our work is to kind of just witness other people in their journey of pursuing love, authenticity, belonging. If we can get that good, then we'll also, I think we'll be even more compassionate in our own pursuit. I've sat with people outside of the LGBTQ plus community that are in this same journey. It's not really like us 
an experience specific to transgender people or queer people. This journey of wanting to be your authentic self, wanting to get the piercings, wanting to do the thing that makes you unique and different is not novel, but I think we're often talking about it when it comes to queer people. So I invite family members to sit with the ways in which they have experienced what I call the authenticity gap, which is the difference between your innermost desire and your outermost reality. So this, this gap gets created when we're not able to pursue one of the three things that I'm talking about. So there's this, this chasm that happens. So I invite family members to sit with their own experiences of this so that they can have more empathy and compassion for what it's like to be a person who's choosing to pursue all three boldly, proudly, uncomfortably, whatever comes your way. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know, it, it is so true because a lot of times when we feel like we want to belong somewhere specific, we try to conform to become yes. exactly what we think that should be or what we think others want us to be. And the truth is most of us really love when other people are honest and the real version of themselves, right? And not trying to fit yeah. into the specific box. And so thank you for sharing those three pursuits with us because it is so nice to know that we can go after all three and own all three and not mm-hmm. necessarily have to change who we are for either of them. I love that you always say when people ask you, why did you put yourself through this? That, that be your answer is being your most authentic self is the most important thing. And it's Mm -hmm. not easy. Of course it's hard, but being your most authentic self. So what do you suggest? How, I mean, people listening might ask, well, great. That sounds great. But what does that really mean? I mean, you're the therapist here. Can you help us or give us just a few actionable things we can do to kind of figure out and own who we are? Because it is a new year. It's time for, you know, they always say new year, new you. There's so much pressure to live up to all these goals we set for ourselves and all of that. So Mm. what does it look like then to just love ourselves however we are and set realistic goals for ourselves, and to just own our own authenticity. Yeah. So I developed that term radical authenticity for this purpose because we don't quite live in the world as it should be or the world as it could be yet where authenticity just gets to exist. And so we need Mm -hmm. this form of like radical authenticity, which means being yourself even in the face of opposition or this threat to belonging. So it's it would be great if we existed in a space where we got to just be and nobody bothered us. But right. for people who have these often marginalized identities, quite often, and, and that's a range of identities. I think if you're listening to this and you're a woman, you have a marginalized identity. There are so many messages I got growing up as a, a young Black girl that were limiting So I want you to really think about that, these ways in which our authenticity has necessitated this form of radical authenticity where we have to overcome these threats to belonging or these intergroup dynamics that prevent us from being our authentic selves. And so when we think about authenticity, I just encourage people to spend time connecting to themselves and affirming themselves. It can feel cliche in this day and time to talk about self-care, but I don't want that to get washed away in all of the the popular ways in which we talk about this. When I talk about self-care, self-love, 
affirmation. I'm really talking about building a relationship with yourself, not just doing things for yourself, but being with yourself and witnessing yourself. There were so many moments where I had to step in front of the mirror and I was standing there staring at myself for several minutes like, wow, you look different than we looked when we were 20. We have a beard now. This was me building a relationship with myself. This was something that was like very intentional. So it can sound a little weir- weird at first because we're not used to relating to ourselves in this way. And oftentimes, if we've built any kind of relationship with ourselves that is oriented towards self-criticism, we are not used to talking to ourselves in a loving way. And so it will take time for that to feel natural. But when I think about my daughter, who's like three and a half, and I think about her level of self-love that she already has, I'm like, so we come here with abundant love for ourselves. When you tell her, you're, we say, you're cute, Nova. She goes, I'm cute. So it's like, it's innate <laughs> for us to be this way. But we kind of unlearn that through the journey. And so it might feel uncomfortable now, but it's as natural as as breathing to love yourself. And so I'd say build that relationship with yourself first, because that's what allows you to show up in spaces knowing you can receive love just for being you. Mm. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And we're back. That is so beautiful. Thank you. I, I truly oh, thank you. You're right, because we we want people to accept ourselves, us, 
But we have to accept ourselves first. And I think that's the hardest step and a step that a lot of us are still working on. So now you are an active working. Are you still an active working therapist? Yes, yes, I am. Yes. So you do your work for Hinge as well, but as their connection in their connections department, correct? And then you also are, are an active working therapist. When you transitioned your clients, did they did you have clients that were with you throughout that transition? Yeah, absolutely. And what did that look like as a therapist? And how do you my mom's a therapist as well. And so I I, listen, I love therapy. Nova and I have a lot in common because (laughs) I think being a child of a therapist is the most beneficial thing in life because you have a built in, you know, resource that is so beautiful and lovely to have. And so she is so lucky to have you. you. I can't I will you talk us through what that experience is like when you are transitioning? You've made you told your family, but what is it like to tell your clients? And then do you solely practice in helping people through those transitions or is it a general practice? Yeah, so I started out as a licensed marriage and family therapist. That's like my licensure, my background. So couples and relationship work is like my bread and butter. I'd say that that's the foundation of my practice because I I don't know a human that exists without relationships. So connection is at the core of like, I could add another pursuit, but that's the, that's the love part, <laughs> connection. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I never stop seeing couples, individuals, families from all walks of life. But I think mm-hmm. as my identities yeah. were very, very visible at a point in time where I was showing up in the world as very genderqueer, I was attracting a lot more people that were like, hey, you might get me, you might see me. So naturally, I started to develop right. a bit of a specialty around working with transgender people and LGBTQ plus people. But I'd say that my practice has been pretty anchored in relationship work uh, over the years, primarily. And I think that those specialties still show up in my practice just because of my identities. But I'd say love is at the core of the work that I'm doing with everybody. Hinge is so lucky to have you. Wow, that's amazing. So you now you you are in charge of connections. What does that look like? What well, is that? I yes, I am the first ever love and connection expert. I'm really excited about my work at Hinge. I could tell you a thousand things I'm excited about. Primarily, my role merges my experience as a licensed marriage and family therapist and Hinge's ongoing mission to be the most inclusive dating app. And a a lot of what I do is offer advice on and off of the app to daters. And I help to ensure that Hinge remains a safe and inclusive space for daters. More recently, I was involved in not so frequently asked questions, which I'm really excited about. That is also known as NFAQ. It's a resource that's available in app and it is it highlights a lot of LGBTQ this ongoing answer basically this ongoing database of answers around identity dating for LGBTQ plus people when I was transitioning when I was falling in love I didn't have a roadmap so these are like things like NFAQ are really important to me to participate in because I know how often as queer people we don't get direct advice on how to do love and relationships. And also we get a lot of messages to the contrary. We get a lot of messages saying how you love is wrong, how you live is wrong. Uh, So it's really beautiful that I get to participate Mm -hmm. in this work at Hinge where we stand in the gap and we celebrate LGBTQ plus people openly. 
Uh, Mo, you need to write a book. Oh. I'm serious. You need to write a book. I feel I, I, I'm putting it out there for Thank you. Thank you. Listen, it's the beginning of the year. We've got a lot of goals <laughs> happening, but you have so much to share. I'm just going to, gonna, you know, put it out there in the ether. The world could do with it what it would like. But. I'm going to stay connected to you. We'll talk offline. <laughs> I would love to hear <laughs> your ideas it. about Done. that. <laughs> you know, I guess there's there's so much that you bring to the table Aww. and so much that you have to offer. Before we end an episode, we I always like to ask, you know, we have some younger listeners on the podcast who are in these formative years of their life where they're trying to not only figure out who they are within the context of their own world, but, you know, their next steps and in, in the business world and where they're supposed to go. And is there any advice you have for anyone who is feeling a little directionally challenged and a little lost and trying to figure out their way in the world. What advice do you wish that you would have received when you were younger? I love that you asked this question. It's like hitting me right here in my heart. The thing I would have wanted to know when I was younger that I found along the way is this inner wisdom to follow what brings you joy, follow what lights you up. It literally, what lights you up will illuminate your path. When I've sat with all kinds mm-hmm. of people in therapy, but specifically my transgender clients, we're no one is trained to work with transgender people and say, what brings you euphoria? What brings you joy? So quite often people are taught to sit with transgender people and assess for what's wrong, what's making you feel upset, what's causing you pain, who's been mean to you. When I sit with transgender people, because I had to start doing this for myself, I ask them, what brings you joy? What lights you up? What makes you feel inspired? Because this, these questions are what will literally guide you to your passions in life. There, euphoria is our information that we're going in the right direction. So that inner voice I heard early on that was saying, Mo, there's something that's off. You're going in the wrong direction. It was leading me toward what actually inspires me. So I went on that journey to find that euphoria is my best clue that I'm in flow. So if you are struggling, you're directionally challenged, I want you to sit in what brings you euphoria? What brings you joy? What? When's the last moment you just felt over this overwhelming sense that things were going to be okay or that things were at least okay for this moment. When you connect to whatever that feeling is, you know you're going in the right direction. Ah, I love it. That's giving me chills. Uh, Guys, we, you heard it from Mo Ari first. I know this is just the very beginning. I have a, a fun question that I've been wondering and I'd like to ask you before beautiful. we go. You are one of a twin, mm-hmm. right? And I always find twins so fascinating. Did your sister at any time the sense that you felt incomplete growing up? You know, I think retrospectively, she's articulated that she could see these things. We never had the same interest. We were both just conditioned to kind of do the same things. It was like she wanted to, I call Mm -hmm. it, prance around and do ballet. And I was like, I want to do basketball and sports. And I was always like Mm -hmm. trying, I was like that one kid that was trying to form a girl's team for all of the typically boys sports. And he was like, I want to do ballet. I want to do all of the 
the traditionally femme things. And I never wanted to do that stuff. But I would like, of course, join her. She's my best friend. It still is. And so yeah. retrospectively, we can look back and see that there were a lot of dif- differences in our personality. And still to this day, I'd say that we're pretty different. But we're very, we're still really great friends in that. So, yes, I think she could tell. We just didn't have language together. Uh. Of course. And how beautiful that you can too, that you two can be so close and yet so different and your own authentic selves through the whole thing. It's just so wonderful. Mo, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so grateful that you came on and shared your story and just inspired us. And I can't wait for this episode to come out. So thanks. Thank you for having me. You know, it's interesting that fear of not belonging, you know, why it's so hard for us to accept ourselves and accept others for who they are. And I just am so grateful to Mo Ari for coming on and trusting me and us to tell his story and inspiring us to truly live and be who we really are. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged as much as I did. We have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions, hosted by me, Kayla Yule. Produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Editing by Diane Kang. Post-production sound by Coco Lawrence. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.